Aside from the continued challenges we faced in light of the coronavirus pandemic, there are other issues we cannot lose sight of. In previous podcast conversations, some key topics have been touched upon, sustainability, equality and diversity, and fair working practices, to name but a few. They are important and urgent issues to discuss. And to do this, I have invited a very special guest for the BAJ podcast this month. I'm excited to welcome the executive director of the Responsible Jewelry Council. As the first woman to become the organization's executive director in 2019, there is no one better suited to ponder these challenging topics with me than my guest today, Iris van der Veke. Welcome, Iris. Well, thank you, Sophie, and uh, thank you very much for inviting me to this podcast. I'm very much looking forward to our conversation. Iris, to start, could I ask you to tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Well, I'm the executive director of the Responsible Jury Council. Uh, I'm from Belgium, living in London. Um, I have a background in law, international relations and public affairs. I'm also the very proud mother of a 21-year-old son, Alexander, who is a creative mind, uh, sometimes a bit rebellious. Um, I've been on this beautiful planet for half a decade. I believe in inclusion. Um, I have been a volunteer for Special Olympics for over 30 years, as I'm very passionate about the topic on children's rights, women rights, and the role of business. And I think ultimately, Sophie, I aspire to leave behind a positive and meaningful legacy. Um, and I always say I have two goals uh, in my working career is uh, driving the global sustainability agenda in the jewelry industry and also making gender equality a core focus for the businesses I work with. Even though I would like to speak to you in detail about the Responsible Jewelry Council, I also always like to ask those who serve our trade on how they found their way into our field and industry. So what is it that brought you to the role of director for the Responsible Jewelry Council? Well, I started in the jewelry industry 20 years ago after a meeting with Baron Dilip Mehta, and it was really an entirely new environment at Rosie Blue since I was coming from a stock market technology company. This was a family owned business and it gave me the kind of head start that was essential and immensely empowering at that stage of my career, you know, to work for a company that had 15,000 employees all over the world, looking from manufacturing to retail in diamonds and jewelry. Based in Antwerp, I got the chance to visit operational sites in countries as diverse as South Africa, India, Thailand, Sri Lanka, Armenia, while also raising a five-year-old son pretty much on my own. So there were lots of challenges. And the industry was clearly changing at an accelerated pace because this was the time when the Kimberley process had just come into effect and companies like the Bears, BHP, et cetera, were beginning to make a real push towards best practices from mining to retail. And since then, I've had the privilege to work, of course, with many different countries and work environments and with very different talented group of people within government, uh, with civil society, uh, in fashion. And that has, of course, shaped my career further. So now with this role uh, at RJC, I really believe I have found my purpose because I think it's great to wake up every morning and work with over 1,400 leaders from all over the world to do good. And I also feel very privileged, Sophie, to work with so much talent 
uh, who are committed to serve these companies because it's a journey as you know sustainability is a journey it's a lot of hard work and dedication so um yeah that's very uh, aspirational and as i have reached the half century milestone in life i also believe you know that it's important to leave behind that positive legacy. You're a sustainability pioneer, and we can see that from your career spanning business and NGO sectors, which likely means you have seen multiple facets of this sustainability challenge. With the word often used in a various range of contexts, what is sustainability in the context of jewelry? Well, sustainability is what you you know what you already said. It's a it's an evolving concept. It is the first of all, it's the responsibility of companies for their impact on society. And what does that mean? Well, companies should have in place processes to integrate social, environmental, ethical, human rights, and consumer concerns into their business operations and core strategy in close collaboration with their stakeholders. And actually, when we look at jewelry companies, it's really about this building this vision and strategy to meet their corporate social responsibility and that they should establish management systems to truly build a culture of responsibility inside their organization and also looking more widely to the supply chain. And we talked about it before, Sophie, it's really about positive impact and how a company can contribute to the bigger picture of sustainable development. And there has been a shift across all industries from doing no harm to doing good. And it's really moving beyond compliance and respecting the law to building this culture inside your organization that has a sustainability lens on everything that you do. From how do you treat your employees? How do you manage your supply chain? What are you doing on your human rights due diligence? How are you creating and designing products? And how are you giving back to the communities where you invest? And on a personal note, you know, my definition of sustainability is it is about human dignity. How does your company and product positively impact the lives of people and communities on the ground? So, I mean, that's in a nutshell. And I think maybe one point I also want to add, Sophie, is that um, this movement is here to stay. And, and what we see is that, you know, the trend is that everything is going to continue to accelerate. And then we talk about ESG, environment, social and governance frameworks. And we've seen, we've talked about the COVID-19 crisis, but we've seen that also this has accelerated the trend and that a lot of research really proves that companies who have strong ESG ratings are performing better. So I think the good news is responsible business is resilient business. And I think a final thought is we work in an industry of beauty and emotions. So it is super important when that customer walks into a store or a boutique and when they buy something that they have trust and trust is based on responsible business practices. And I think, you know, these millennials and Gen Z are asking more questions. They're activists. And I think we have a big responsibility to to show, you know, the beauty we create that behind that beauty are, you know, very positive stories to tell. The RJC website lists the 17 UN Sustainable Development Goals as part of the Decade of Action and Delivery. Could you tell us a little bit more about these goals and how the RJC is aligning with them and perhaps how the industry, small and large, can get involved? 
Well, we were talking about defining sustainability and, you know, I could have a whole podcast on that because I'm very passionate about, indeed, what is the definition of sustainability. But in 2015, there was a critical milestone when 193 countries agreed on what we call the 2030 Agenda, the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. And it is really about leaving no one behind. It is about people, prosperity, planet, peace and partnerships. And I think it's an excellent framework for any company to use to develop its sustainability strategy. And what we did as RJC is we did a lot of research and homework to see, okay, how can our members, you know, within the global jewelry and watch industry contribute to these goals? And we are focusing on, um, on several of the goals, uh, SDG 5, gender equality, SDG 8, um, decent labor, SDG 12, responsible production and consumption, SDG 13, climate, and SDG 17, partnerships. And we have also launched a partnership with the United Nations Global Compact, which is the biggest sustainability initiative in the world that is really focusing on education and training for smaller enterprises. Because you're right, uh, Sophie, it is important that a company goes on a journey and first of all understands, you know, what are these goals? How can I contribute to these goals? But also, how um, does it make business sense? And I always say, you know, sustainability should be part of your core strategy. It's not a different strategy. It's one strategy. Um, and so what we are trying to do now is we've developed this roadmap 2030, and I invite everyone to go to our website. And it really explains the framework where we want to head with our 1,400 companies, and we hope more companies will join. And we will help companies to understand how they can report on progress. In other words, we've launched an SDG task force. It's co-chaired by the Richemont Group and the De Beers Group. And we're working with many different organizations across the industry to do pilot projects. So to understand, okay, you know, what matters, what doesn't matter, but most important, how can we show progress based on reliable data in the areas of human rights, best practices in labor, health and safety, um, climate, product integrity, et cetera. Mm, fantastic. For small jewelers and independent designers, what do you feel are the most impactful changes they can make to aid the cause? I know, for example, about the Fair Trade Foundation, who have been championing Fair Trade Gold. Is starting with buying consciously a good start, or are there other things that make bigger impact as well? Well, first of all, we all have a responsibility. You know, we have uh, as, as citizens, uh, as business, as NGOs, as civil society, as government, you know, everyone has to uh, work on their behavior, you know, to make this world uh, a bit better. And also, you know, we need to accelerate efforts. But designers are very close to my heart, Sophie, because these are creative minds. Um, they're beautiful minds. You know, they have they have dreams and then they have to, you know, uh, deliver those dreams and bring commercial value which is not an easy journey. So when people ask me, you know, how can designers start their journey on sustainability? Well, my response is, well, first of all, you know, they really have to decide their purpose. Where do they want to go and who do they want to work with? What are the topics that matter most to them? And how do they want to make a difference in this world with the product that they design? The moment that they have a creative idea, they have the opportunity to think about the materials and the processes, how to produce it. 
So then they can ask their suppliers to provide them with as much information as possible about the sources and processes of jewelry materials, applying a due diligence approach. And the RJC Code of Practices provides designers and all companies with the direction and the tools they can use and implement, which ultimately results in a more transparent supply chain. The RJC's Code of Practices embraces also all facets of the jewelry industry from mine to retail. And because it covers all parts of the supply chain and is independently verified by a third party auditor, you know, it, it results in increased trust by the consumers. And I think it's important to share that all this information is really publicly available to be used. So, you know, you don't have to be an RJC member to use our educational material, to use the code, to start your risk assessment. And of course, always happy to sit around a round table with designers because, you know, they really always inspire me. That might be something we keep you to, Iris. Watch this space. On another note, the Responsible Jury Council is, is also concerned with gender equality across the workplace, adopting those the United Nations Women Empowerment Principles. Could you expand on what the RJSA is doing specifically in this area? Well, Sophie, this is a topic very, very close to my heart. Sustainable Development Goal 5, gender equality, is also a necessary milestone to achieve all the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. It's considered a multiplier. And I think we should not forget in our industry that women drive 90% of the jury demand globally. And the reality is that we're not doing enough across all industry. In fact, according to the World Economic Forum's 2020 Global Gender Gap Report, it will take 257 years to close the economic gender gap. That's not good news. So we have to work on that, Sophie. And the progress has been really too slow, so we can't wait another century. So if we really want to achieve something impactful, you know, we need to act. And that's why uh, the RGC has been very committed to this agenda. And, uh, and especially also because of COVID-19, because what we saw is that domestic violence, a child marriage is on the rise. And with schools and childcare services closed, women and girls are taking on most of households and caregiving responsibilities. And from our industry perspective, also ASM needs our urgent attention. Um, and that's, you know, taking all of those elements into consideration. We started uh, on December 7th uh, last year, which was actually my 50th birthday, the Generation Equality Roundtables in partnership with SIPJO. Um, because first, our first step was we need to understand what's out there and we need to, you know, we need to be humble. Let's first have multi-stakeholder consultations. So we've done that together with UN Women, the World Diamond Council, WGA, the Natural Diamond Council, the Plum Club, Black and Jewelry Coalition, GIT, you know, just to name a few organizations. Um, and we organized multi-stakeholder dialogues in India, Africa, Thailand and USA. And in a month, that report will come out and I will definitely share it with you, Sophie. So we will have the first outcome of, you know, what is needed? Uh, how can we accelerate efforts? But what we did see is that education is critical and tools. Um, so that is something that the RGC will focus on to develop training, uh, educational material to help companies really integrate gender into their strategy. And then I think a second uh, component that's very critical is mentorship. You know, how can we mentor uh, uh, talent and really bring them uh, in the organizations to different levels? Uh, and just 
maybe also allow me to, to quickly reflect on what you said about the woman empowerment principles, because I think people should look at the woman empowerment principles because it is a tool that is so easy to use. It's seven simple principles that can help you really drive a culture of diversity and inclusion inside your organization. So I invite you to go to the website of UN Women, look at the woman empowerment principles, do the assessment, because there's an assessment on it, a tool. So it gives you a benchmark. It also gives you recommendations. Um, so I think, yes, within the jewelry industry, we have a unique opportunity to improve the lives and livelihoods of women in so many parts of the world. And I'm sure that that in turn will strengthen and transform our supply chains and businesses. Because we know when, when women thrive, communities thrive. Under the topic of equality, it is important to also highlight the challenges jewelers and those in the industry of color face in our industry. Will the RJSA also be looking to become a key supporter of change in this arena? Yes, absolutely. We're very committed to this agenda. We, we always have been, but I think that everyone, every organization, you know, has to do more uh, and we need to be critical. So uh, I'm also working closely uh, with the board, with my team, which is very diverse, and I'm super proud of them, um, to look at, you know, how can we uh, integrate tools and best practices uh, at RJC, but also for our members. And we work very closely, you know, together with uh, organizations, again, like CIPJO, WGA, the Natural Diamond Council, uh, on this commitment. The Responsible Jewelry Council is a member organization. Um, who should join and why? And what would be the process to join? Well, allow me just to go back in time. You know, it's always nice to go back in time. Yeah, yes. So the Responsible Jury Council was founded in 2005. And you have to imagine, because now sustainability, you know, is, is almost like a hype. And sometimes uh, I always say we shouldn't even have the word sustainability because, you know, every company should focus on responsibility. But it was really interesting that in 2005, this organization was founded by a group of 14 industry organizations, including Cygnet, the Beers Group, Tiffany, Cartier, Eben Amro, Rosie Blue, Sipjo. And the mission is to foster a responsible global supply chain that promotes trust in the global jewelry and watch industry. And I think that mission has never been so relevant uh, as today. And 2005, 14 founding members. Uh, today, I'm proud to say uh, we have 1,450 members, 60% are small enterprises. We have representation from mining to retail. And very important to know is that over time, of course, the code of practices uh, has evolved. And today, the RGC code of practices is aligned with the UN guiding principles on business and human rights and the OEC due diligence guidance. So it's a very robust framework. So what does it mean in practice? If you are a company, small or large, you know, please reach out uh, to myself or to the team uh, at RJC in London. And uh, what we will do is we will walk you through the process. And the first step is, of course, becoming a member. You will first uh, go through a due diligence process. If you're accepted as a member, it means you're committing to implement the code of practices. And the code of practices is a very strong, robust standard that includes different sections, such as human rights, labor rights, health and safety, product integrity, and the environment. And what will happen then is that third-party accredited auditors will review your management practices 
and certification will be granted if the organization is compliant with the code. Now, we see this as a process of continuous improvement, of course, and you know we're going also a step further with the work I related to earlier about the SDG task force, because we really want to motivate companies also to start much more uh, communicating about their progress, reporting on progress, but again, that's a journey, and we are there step by step, you know, to guide them on that journey to integrate sustainability at the core of the of their business strategy. As my final question is, I wanted to ask if you have any sort of final message or uh, request for the audience in light of the theme and the things we've discussed. Well. Um, I think that people that work in the jewelry industry are privileged because it's really an industry about beauty and design and art and creativity and it's linked with fashion. And I think with that beauty comes a great responsibility, a responsibility to do good and to have positive impact on the livelihoods of people and to contribute to real development on the ground. And that's a shared responsibility. No one can do this alone. And, uh, and that means is that governments, of course, have a very big responsibility to see that policy is there. But we as business, you know, need to see that we always do better and implement higher standards. Um, and so I think my call for action would be, you know, let's, let's work together. Uh, and I see that through COVID, you know, we're working already much better together. But partnerships matter. So uh, anyone that wants to join hands with the Responsible Jury Council to drive partnerships to do good, uh, I invite you to do so. So sustainability, fair trade and equality are complex and challenging issues, which all need our collective consideration and dedication. As the head of a global organization, my guest today and the Responsible Jury Councils she leads can build a roadmap to support our industry to tackle these challenges in a meaningful way. For the work done to date and the work still to come, I would like to thank you, Iris, and also for your time and insights today. Sophie, it was an honor to be having this conversation with you, and I'm very much looking forward to continue the dialogue. Stay safe. Thank you. Next month, I'll be joined by another guest, so watch this space to find out who it is. But for now, this was Sophie Boons for the BAJ podcast episode, shedding a light on the workings of the Responsible Jury Council with Iris van der Weke. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.